This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion King Ricochet and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 206, I think this is... I don't know. I've just decided to start drinking Corona to try and defeat the coronavirus instead of, like, you know, using vaccines or anything like that. My name is Nick Howell. And uh, now officially cooler than Cody Rhodes, at least in the tattoo department, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And, uh, well, if you're having Corona to combat the coronavirus, I'm going to be over here uh, having limes to combat Lyme disease. Well, at least Welcome I'm not chugging bleach. and I'm just having, I'm going to be drunk oh, instead geez. of dead. So there it's, we go. There's people drinking bleach? Strange. People what? eat Tide Pods. What do you expect? <laughs> it's called social Darwinism. I encourage it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, this is BWO. We are talking about AEW Revolution today, as well as the latest episode of Monday Night Burial. I mean, Raw. And uh, I'm looking forward to discussing everything today, Nick, because it was uh, well, it was a hell of a pay-per-view coming out of AEW. Some big things happening. And then WWE, the booking continues. What in the world is, oh, WrestleMania season, you scamp. Uh, but here we are. Welcome to the show. If you've not joined us before, Nick has a whole bunch of things you'll probably want to know to be able to enjoy this show even more. Right, Nick? Yes, absolutely. Guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open over there, and you can like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the Phenomenal Ones, which is where you'll find links to our Discord channel, fun memes, news stories, all kinds of good stuff. Really fun, lively chat over on Facebook. But you want to be in the Discord as well, because that's where the real magic happens. Uh, live chats all throughout the week. For every single promotion, uh, all wrestling fans are welcome. Absolutely come in and join us for live chats. Mondays for Monday Night Raw. Wednesdays for AEW and NXT. Fridays for uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Pay-per-view channels. All kinds of good stuff over in the Discord. Ring of Honor, Impact. You name it, we talk about it over there. Come join us in the Discord for sure. Uh, you can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, as well as doing our patron mailbag show that we do around 5, Pacific, uh, 5 Eastern, uh, 2 Pacific. 
to get in on that, to be able to ask questions, you have to go head over to our Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. You just got to be in the $5 tier. That is the super value tier where you get access to show notes, the ability to ask questions, and play along in our Patrons Pick'ems Challenge, which we will be doing next for WrestleMania. Coming up here in about... What, three weeks? You're no, you're no Alicia Taylor, man. No, gotta work no, on I'm, that. I'm not. No, I, I'm just. I'm. I'm terrible at that. Never aspired to be a metal singer. I just want to grow the beard and look like the bass player. That's it. And play drums. And play drums. Uh, I, and um, well, I can't do that anymore either. Uh, anyway, yes, join us on, on Patreon for all kinds of exclusive rewards over there. Uh, but yeah, Ian, while we came off the high, that was a particular pay per view that happened this weekend. There was a lot of. Slamming on the gas and then slamming on the brakes that seemed to happen on Monday Night Raw. But we're going to save that till the end because we always start with the good. So let's start things off by talking about AEW Revolution. Well, let's start off on the pre-show, the buy-in as they call it, and talk about the tag match we had over there. Uh, we thought it was going to be the culmination of a little plot line, but it, it wasn't. Possibly due to contract reasons, but Dark Order versus SCU. Uh, SCU beforehand, Scorpio Sky and Kazarian told Christopher Daniels to stay in the back. They didn't quite trust him. Hmm. Uh, okay. And they came out and then lost to Dark Order. Ate a pin clean as a whistle, despite you know a bunch of distractions. It's Dark Order. Fine. But then afterwards, uh, during the beatdown, Dark Order, some music hit. And they all stopped and looked like they were getting ready for someone to come out. Oh, oh, it might be the, the exalted one they've been promising. And out comes a hooded figure, a uh, goofy-looking hooded, hooded figure. And we all went, what? And the hood came off and the cape came off. And it was Christopher Daniels. We all went, no, not you, Christopher Daniels. And he ran down to the ring. But he attacked Dark Order. It was a double swerve. And Christopher Daniels is actually still on the side of the Angels. And chases off Dark Order, so we have a nice happy way to go into the show. But we still don't know who the Exalted One is. Uh, so they saved that for later. We also had uh, someone else run out during this. This is what I, one I wanted to save for you to talk about, Nick, because out first to try to help SCU before Christopher Daniels came out and swerved us all twice was Colt Cabana. Boom, boom! Boom, boom is the Exalted One! No, no, wait, no, no, no he's no. not. You're around for the save, Nick, the save. Uh, yeah, oh. Just around for the I, save. I got excited when he came out. He boom, boom, Cole Cabana. I, oh, my God, it's, he's the exalted one. Here I was thinking that he had something going on over in NWA, but I guess they weren't paying enough because he went and he, it's official. Cole Cabana to AEW. He signed a contract. He's officially part of AEW, so welcome, Colt Cabana. What, yes. what are your thoughts on Colt in AEW? Is there room for him? Is there a place for him there? I think so. I think there's I think there's place in that. I hate to do this to our boy, right? To my boy, I should say. I don't know if you're a huge fan of his or not, but I was disappointed to say to see I don't know what the future of uh the the tag team of him and Toru Yanu is at this point. That's something that coming out of 2019, I was really excited about, especially getting to see it live and in person uh at New Beginnings here in Raleigh. The, the no you go. No you go. No I go. No I go. Just that back and forth that they had as a comedy I, tag team. Which, by the way, I want to throw out there, I hope that they still allow him to go over and work New Japan, which I think they will. They seem to be going in that direction of, of being open to it. Even though Lance Archer is supposed to be coming out this Wednesday and he's got he's been dropped from the Suzuki Gun uh, page, w, uh, uh, wrestler page uh -oh. over New Japan. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully Cole Cabana can go back in. Because he just joined Chaos. 
supposedly kind of sort of he was out in the ring with the chaos shirt on not knowing what he was doing out there <laughs> i but, mean cole uh, cabana is he will go wherever people want to give him money to have fun and wrestle <laughs> i don't think he has any allegiances to anything any one promotion really well supposedly he does not at aew so we'll see if they've given him some loopholes to go play some other places as well yeah um and then like we were saying, Exalted One was not officially revealed. Probably, if it is indeed Matt Hardy, and we look back later and go, oh yeah, Matt Hardy is the Exalted One. That was the plan all along, because they're throwing so many kinds of hints out there uh, that it is, which all, of course, could be red herrings, same way that the Raven sitting ringside could have been a red herring, same way all the Christopher Daniel stuff could have been a red herring, and it could be someone we didn't even see coming. Like, it could be Marty Skrull still. We don't know. It could be Lance uh, Archer. Could be. I doubt it's Lance Archer. It doesn't. That just doesn't seem to be his role. But at any rate, it, it's Matt Hardy. Let's let's. It's, it, it's Matt Hardy. It might not be, but if it is Matt Hardy, and we look back and said, why don't why didn't they bring out the exalted one at the pay per view? Well, it's because he was still under contract. His contract didn't lapse until about eight twelve hours ago. So, so yeah, that's that is probably why he, we did but, see uh, his official future endeavors post go up uh, on social media. Yep. Done. He's it's done with done. WWE. So wherever he's going. It's somewhere else. Yep. So uh, I picked a Dark Order to win here. It was kind of a coin flip, but uh, I got lucky on this one. We got to the main show, and it, the show kicked off with a strange strange choice to open the show. Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager. And a uh, nice physical match between two big dudes. First match by Jake Hager in AEW. Was this the right match to open the show, though, Nick? Which Would you have switched, to, would you have switched this around with another match? Um... Ye no really no I, I actually really liked this card except for one match this one was fine opening i would have flipped uh another one around to a different place uh we'll talk about that when we get there um this match to me was more about jake hager's smoke show wife on the at ringside uh and I'm both of them at making attempts at at making out with her throughout the match not making attempts they actually did well yeah the, the, the <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, like, forcibly kissing her was a little awkward. I mean, call back to the gold dust stuff, but right. a little little awkward. I'm like, aren't you a face, dude? That's a little rapey. <laughs> Come on. 2020, you can't be doing that anymore. Or you can, I guess, and everyone was still into it, so fine. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, just nice grudge match. Uh, Hager <laughs> got winded as hell by the end of it. But uh, at the same time, he looked dominant, beat the crap out of Dustin. Picks up the win and yep. Had to. Uh, yeah, needed to badly. Needed to, he needed to win his first one. Needed to win the he needed to win his first. Even though it was a, a, a kind of cheap, you know, low blow, and then he choked him out. But uh, yeah, so uh, once again, I like the fact that that you know Dustin Rhodes put him over. Great, it was fine. But yeah. I think it should have been switched with the next match. We both saw Hager winning here, but we both also agreed on the next match: Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, which I thought would have been a hotter match to open the show. Switch the amount of time you gave both of the matches. I thought Dustin Rhodes and Hager went a little long, and Guevara Allen went a little short. I would have switched the times on the two of them and switched the positions as well because I thought yeah. this match was a lot hotter, and it had a lot more en energizing moves. It was the young guys. Let them go out and really fire up the beginning of the show. Plus, the face won, and I always feel like it's good to start with a feel-good yeah. match, even though there was the pre-show. You know, the bad guys won, and then the good guys had a comeback. So you had two bad guys winning in a row. This one, Darby Allen ends Sammy Guevara after a crazy match where both guys, I swear, were trying to kill each other. Yep. Um, but that insane flip, triple, was it 
was it a 630 or was it even more than that from Sammy Guevara off the top turnbuckle to the outside? It was a 630 centon onto the table, yeah. Holy actual crap. But uh, for me, it was the before the bell even rang. Uh, Darby Allen comes like a damn lawn dart to, through the ropes all the yeah, way out the by the ring post to just, you know, air tackle Sammy Guevara. Just, I was like, all right, I'm in. Where's my popcorn? I'm just going to eat it. Here we go. Yeah, he well, he had another suicide dive where he almost died, where it was almost a suicide. His feet caught the top rope as he was coming through, and oh. just barely got a piece of it. Barely got, yeah, almost almost didn't get him. Uh, uh, well, well, Sammy was draped over the outside. Woo, that was close. That was almost really bad. Oh. That was like that was like a big E suicide dive where I'm like, oh god, don't do it. Oh, with yeah. with the with the recent happenings of La Park and um, yeah. other things that have been going on. That's that's the move that killed <sighs> Laparca. Yeah, so, scary, yeah. scary, scary. So, but uh, luckily, no one was seriously hurt. They were able to finish the match. It's not uh, quite Brock Lesnar doing a top rope shooting star press, but it all it looked pretty gnarly. It looked it, but you know he recovered from it. They <laughs> ended up coming back. The finishing sequence was really fun, and then Darby Allen with the massive coffin drop for the win. I, fantastic, very entertaining match. What's funny is. Is that if this hadn't been on this card, this would have. This, if this was on TV, we'd be like, "That was the match of the show. It was great shit. Great shit." It was on this card, and it was almost an afterthought. After this card, these guys went out and killed it. It was almost an afterthought. Uh, we both knew Allen was winning here, but we had yep. no idea who was winning this next match. Uh, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, tag team champs, uh, they're defending their championship belts against the Young Bucks. The Elite Civil War has come to AEW. And if this is already becoming the greatest, this is already being called the greatest tag match of all time, which I think is is a little bit. Mm, would, would you say that's that's uh, recency bias and uh, yes. perhaps a little bit over <laughs> overselling this a match? A little bit of Bullet Club fanboyism going little on. A little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Certainly one of the best tag team matches in recent memory. I think that's easy to say. Like, this did was you a watch early TLC stuff back in like two thousand. Well, guess, or, that was. Yeah, that's all-time best stuff you know, for me. Like rock and roll, Midnight Express, go back in the day. But you know, sure. that neither here nor there. It, I I was there live for Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus Young Bucks. I thought this was a better told story. I thought that had more exciting big moves. Um, but I think this what this one would edge it out. I was really invested in this match by the end. They they absolutely killed it in this match. Like whatever uh, hyperbolic reviews you've heard of this match like take it down a notch it's still a really goddamn good match and yeah. one of the best matches of the year so far i think that's easy to say yeah. they they brought it and they brought the story they brought the action um they brought the moments like it was fantastic really really good match the only problem is where it came on the card what are you what are you doing doing a half an hour match with this level of intensity and emotion third and then following it with a women's match that was the worst match on the card, uh, and then you're exhausting the audience for the rest of the card. Like this should have gone first or later or something. This was I don't I don't know if this is the right place to put it, Nick. I wouldn't have put it first, but I wouldn't have put it last either. I think so. Look at it. Look at what was surrounding it. You had a lot of mix of action and uh, speed and pace, and that's all that match was as well. That you asked earlier, the matches that I would swap uh, or I would move around. There's one swap I would make, and that's the women's championship match and Pack and Cassidy. I would have put Pack and Cassidy after Page and Omega and Young Bucks, 
and move the women's championship down between Jericho Moxley and MJF Cody. It's funny, man. It's 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 tough to say because anything following this match is going to suffer, and it did, it, and it did. But um, I think Pack and Cassidy would have had enough fan participation if they and had, engagement. If, yeah, if they'd had if they'd spent more time in Pack Cassidy building up to the match. As it was, they kind of got right into their business. But we'll talk about that in yep. a second. Yeah. Uh, if they had had more of a slow build and like got let the audience breathe, maybe yeah, maybe I agree with you. Uh, but as it was, there was you you were not following this match. And frankly, it's a little bit selfish of these guys to put a banger like this where they did in the show because it did take the wind out of some of the later matches. I thought that uh, MJF Cody was uh, not only was it strangely booked, but it was it, it lacked a little bit of the energy because they were still exhausted from this. And same with Jericho Moxley. Like you just, this is one of those matches you just can't you can't follow it. It shouldn't have been the main event, but maybe it shouldn't have been this much. I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but uh, whatever. We got a great match, so. That's yeah. the upside. Um, boy, this, the, and, and the storytelling in this, too, I loved. I loved the, uh, the Young Bucks hitting the, 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 um, the two knees on uh, uh, the Golden Knees, on yes. uh, the Golden V-Trigger, on, uh, on Kenny. A little that, call that was for all of, all of us that have been along for the ride the whole time. Yeah. You know? Well, well you know, done. Matt trying and to go the commentary even called it out. Oh, they're going for the Golden Knees. I think it was Excalibur that... That recognized it and called it out because Jr. and Tony aren't going to know that shit. Yeah, but Excalibur will. I love that. So, Adam Page hit a one-winged angel. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a bunch of fun stuff in this. This um, to me was uh, this whole build has been the epitome of what we love about professional wrestling. The story around it, brothers in fighting, uh, mm -hmm. all really with the same purpose. But when you introduce something that the other doesn't have, a little bit of greed and jealousy and insecurity starts to seep into the cracks and it starts to splinter all of this and then ultimately it ends in the ring right that's do you feel like this is this is going over old ground because we just had an elite civil war with with uh, Kota Ibushi Kenny and the Young Bucks and now we're having Hangman Page Kenny and the Young Bucks like is uh, this was that like three years ago no it's less than that I, I mean I don't want to assume that everybody that's watching AEW has been watching Bullet Club in New Japan for the last three years Let's, that's a good point that's yeah. probably not a fair assumption so even if if it, it for the ones that have been watching, it's a fun, you know. I'm I'm a smart guy. I was there. Hey, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I remember. I know what that's about. Yeah. Just because I just said that, dude. Why do you have to go low blow like that? Exactly. <laughs> so for those that have it, they're gonna go. Oh, I get. Oh my God, they've been at this for years. Yeah. Well, also, this is a bit a, a bit of a different dynamic here with Hangman Page being sure. the one that's trying to. He's trying to pull away in a sense, and he established in this that he can hold his own. Like, he pretty much won this match single-handedly at the end and then stood apart while Kenny and the Young Bucks were talking in the ring and kind of mending fences because things did get ugly in this. The Young Bucks worked a little heel in this. And at the end, Hangman kind of standing apart and being like, you know, I'm going to ride alone. So I don't... I, it's funny. They didn't advance the storyline between these guys as far as I thought they would, but the, I felt satisfied at the end, if that makes sense. I Yo. felt like I, I, I enjoyed what they had given me and I'm like, okay... They've put some of this to rest. But where does it go from here? That's that's why you got to tune in this week, Nick. Uh, tune in this Wednesday for Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, back in Rancho Cucamonga, he Hangman continues to get over with me in a big way. Uh, I was I have always kind of sided with t on Team Young Bucks, 
But yeah, they were working a little heel in this match, and it started yeah. to really push me over into that camp. And and the thing that did it was that interview last Wednesday on Dynamite before the pay per view. If uh, right, and if dude, they, we plucked you out of uh, in, <laughs> you were just, jobber Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, you were nothing. We found you, man. If <laughs> if they're looking at that initial push of Hangman, where we were like we were jokingly calling him Hangman Reigns, right, right. And he was just, you know, super hangman going towards Jericho. Then he lost. And they looked at that and said, okay, he's not going to get over that way. How do we get this guy over? If this was their plan to get him over, dear God, it's working. Dude is over as hell. He might be more over than mission Kenny accomplished. Omega at this point. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah, Kenny so, who? <laughs> right now, seriously, in AEW, Kenny who? Can you believe that? Right. Yeah, like Kenny's kind of a, almost an afterthought or second. thought. The guy that thought. took Okada Which, to three championship matches who? But here's the thing. At any point, Kenny can go back to being a main eventer and no one's going to complain. If he wants to step right. down and let another guy you know, have a moment, that's good business. So more power to them for realizing that and capitalizing on it. And so, I feel like there's so much potential. Look, the moment Kenny walks out in the Terminator robot mask and we get like old music and all of that stuff and we get rid of the uh, generic video game music that he comes out to right now. I don't, and know. He I don't know if we're going to see that again. Kenny that Omega the, that again. That was the cleaner gimmick. I don't think he's going to go backwards. Sure, uh, maybe not. But I, I'm, I'm a little over the video game generic guy, Kenny Omega, right now. I, well, I, I, And I know that's hard to I, – because I, I, I know the history and I know – I, I, it, it's on a moment's notice they could push a button and he's the top star yeah. in AEW. His entrance is way better than it was before. Like sure. they've been improving it. The song sounds better. The entrance looks better. Like it's getting better. I feel like it's so. Final Fantasy VII boss music. Like I, the fact it that is. I know that makes me a nerd. But I, where do you think his finishing move comes from? What were like half of his gimmick is Final Fantasy VII. What have you been watching? Exactly. That's literally his thing. Is Final Fantasy VII. Like AEW might shut down because they're doing the Final Fantasy remake. Like we might, he might, he might not wrestle for like two months. That's why they're not pushing Kenny right now because it's about to That's come right. out in a He's couple like, of months. He's like, don't push me now. <laughs> I got to play Final Fantasy VII remake when it comes out. I need the free time. So, yep. <laughs> prepare for him to lose the tag belts by the time that comes out. Right. Oh man. So the, that's the thing. The next match. How could it follow this? How could anything follow this? But instead, they follow it out with the women's match, which was uh, like. You, you had to come I out have to eat some crow match. here, by the way. You have to eat crow? I have to eat a little bit of crow here. Okay. Well, um, and I don't know so. where it's coming from. So Nyla Rose uh, defending the women's championship, the AEW women's championship against Chris Statlander. Yes. From the day Chris Statlander was announced and, yes. and debuted on AEW, I have been over the moon with potential for yes. her, and I yes. have been a little superlative and a little hyperbolic about my hopes and, and wishes for to see her just rise to the top overnight. This and 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 listen, I don't know who to put blame on, whether it was Nyla working as a base or calling the match or whether it was Chris not hitting her spots and not and it being slow and prodding. This was slow, this was boring. There were misses, there were botches, the crowd checked out, I checked out, and I don't know whose fault it is cuz I feel like they both had a part to play in it. But this is not what I expected the match to be between these two women. As two guys who admittedly are not wrestlers, it's hard for us to point out exactly what went wrong with this match. But something went wrong. Something was not there. Yeah. Something didn't click. Whether that was Statlander's fault or Rose's fault, as you said, 
it's hard to say without having been in that ring or without being a professional that can sit there and go, okay, well, Statlander, to me, as a couch observer, if Statlander felt green and Nyla felt like she didn't know how to become a, a, a match general and call the match and, and make things work. That's what it seemed like to me. But again, don't know. But something just didn't happen. Something just didn't click in this match. And it wasn't just because it followed that tag match. This would have been a bad match no matter where you put it on the card. And to be clear, like it wasn't awful. We've seen worse matches than this in the AEW women's division. It's just when you have a title match and you have it on this card, they've got to bring it. Nyla Rose and Riho, every one of their matches was better than this. So you wonder, Nick, if maybe Riho should have had a rematch, although that would have been going to the well one too many times, or maybe it just wasn't Statlander's time. Someone else should have had a match with Nyla because now, frankly, I think Statlander's a little spoiled to a lot of people. Also, yeah. I, I've said this before, Statlander's gimmick is starting to bug me. Or or like lack thereof of really committing to the gimmick because the commentary is making jokes of it. They're not explaining the outcome. The the kind of with good reason though. Well, like they can they could they could do more to sell it, but you know you you can't sell a broken car. All right. all right. I just I think they could do a better job of explaining what the the intent of the boop was. Like that should have some kind of effect over you. If you're gonna try and sell somebody as this fantasy alien character and her thing is to boop you on the nose, that should like put you in some kind of trance or take you out or yeah. be some kind of stupid signature or finishing move of some kind that you, at all costs don't let her boop you on the nose. And if she pulls it off, you're done. You just you check out and you she can pin you. Yeah. Something. Get yeah, it's, make it's, it something. <laughs> it's it's about as irrelevant as the librarians going shh. Exactly. Like, what, what is it supposed to be? What are you doing with it? It's just kind of there. Um, the best use of it, I thought, was in the match with Shanna, where she did it, and you know they kind of Shanna like kind of sarcastically did it back to her, and they kept doing it back until she pie faced her. You know that was okay, good. That's you've just made something of it. But aside from that, I agree, it's just nothing. A lot of her her gimmick is just kind of nothing. Um, so yeah, it's frustrating. And and you can, I'm sorry if the if the announcers are making jokes and laughing about your gimmick and not taking it seriously, you're dead in the water. Yeah, it's not so. mate, it's not going to do you any favors. By the way, quick little moment of positivity here in, in all this darkness that we're talking about. <laughs> Josh Logan with 10 bucks in the tip jar. Oh, dude. Thank, Thank you, you so sir. much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Much obliged. Did, you, did, I, did I see him say $1 for every F-bomb we dropped on Saturday's show? <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Did we get 10 off? Oh, that that's, that, that wouldn't we surprise me one did. bit. We probably did. That's actually low. <laughs> that's lower than what I thought we were going to do. That's less uh, than I did the on the on the actual night. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say, I think if we'd done our show the night of, we might have dropped more F-bombs. I, I, I had calmed down and was looking at it philosophically by then. Uh, but it's hard to look philosophically at this at this match, even though we both called it correctly. We uh, we missed. We thought, yeah. we thought the Bucks were taking the tag titles. We thought Nyla Rose was going to win, so... One out of two ain't bad, Nick. But we were both well. We were both uh, had differing opinions about the next one. We uh, we were on the same page on those two matches, but on differing pages. De pages, excuse me, Hangman Page, Hangman Pages uh, on the next match. MJF finally having to face Cody in a match, and boy, did they book this one through the roof, Nick. Good this Lord. was a uh, this is this had a lot of booking, and I guess I've got a question: if it should have been this complex of a match like it seemed like they were trying to do a lot of stuff and the the audience tuned out a little bit on what i thought going into this was one of the hottest matches 
Absolutely, it should have been this complex. They've spent the last two months building towards it, setting up stipulations like, you can't touch me. You have to get 10 lashes. It closed out Dynamite one of Cody getting lashed in the middle of the ring. He had to do a crazy moonsault off the top of a steel cage to face Wardlow just to get his hands on MJF. Of course it had to be this complex. I don't know. I feel, I feel like all the trappings kind of did, like it took some of the air out of this match, though. I don't even no? know you anymore. What? I, I just <laughs> this was amazing to me. I loved oh, okay. every minute of this. All right, and and awesome. I, as much as I didn't call it, I absolutely loved the finish. The fact mm-hmm. that he got his his ring over. They probably knew the finish of this match was going to be him hitting him with that ring before they ever built the ring, and it's probably why they made the ring in the first place to make it instead of a belt or a title. Yeah. Oh God! I just I love the long term stuff that's involved. In this show, guys, I can't rave about it enough. This is, it feels like the thing that I've always wanted back in wrestling is back. Yeah. And it's the storytelling and the long term investment. You have to be along for the ride. You can't just show up on any given Monday and just be like, wrestling. And just eat, eat your concessions. You have to invest in this to appreciate it. And I understand why people don't appreciate it because they don't invest. Right. I appreciate it. I appreciate your passion on that, man. I love that this has gotten you so fired up like yes. that. Like that's what it's that's what it's supposed to do. So that's awesome that it's, it's having that effect on you. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, like this this feud got me going too. It's just the the match itself. I I don't know if it was the pacing or what. I just was, or maybe it was just coming after that tag match where I was just on the edge of my seat. And this one was just like, all right, it was a good match. Yeah, it was we good. just we well maybe it was that tattoo that was distracting us. We have to refer to oh, Cody as the, as the American neckmare from now on. Oh, that, what, who, even Brandy's like come out and been like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really want him to do it. So he I has have, this you guys, huge, ugly you guys freaking may thing. not know this, but Nick is covered in tattoos. I have tattoos all over. Me. I just hide them. Yeah. You're right? a tattoo. Because of man. work. Um, I am like, a, I'm a, like I'm, Batista tattoos. Everywhere. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like it, one day I'll show you guys. But anyway, if you've seen my videos and stuff about through the surgery, you've seen some of it, but I, I was looking at that thing and like, it looked, it was dry already. He's had that for weeks. I don't know. It's only how. been about a week. It's only been about a week. But, but it, 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 usually yeah. you have to keep it really moisturized that first week or it starts going really scabby on you. When I saw it on TV, it looked really dry already, almost like right. it was a, a press on or a stick on. And I was going in chat. I was like, that's not real. I got tattoos. Let me tell you something about tattoos. just come out of him actually getting it and you go. And then oh. I see his Instagram. I'm like, oh, uh, oh, oh, uh, oh, God. Uh, Shit, he really put that on his neck? Oh, no, yeah, well, Cody, no. And let's be and I also have a lot of tattoos, not as many as you do, and most of mine are quite a bit smaller. But I also have a bunch of tattoos here and there. And I I have like a weird thing about where tattoos go on your body and how they line up and and like I've got a lot of opinions and possibly probably you could call it OCD or 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 just, you know, uh, something I don't even know what you'd call it, but like I get really specific about where tattoos should go on body, how they should look, so that you don't end up looking like a desk in detention. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so <laughs> or a bathroom stall. <laughs> right. So when a dude comes in and he's got this massive ugly thing stuck on his neck, it's too big. It doesn't adhere to any form of the body. Like it doesn't enhance any part of his body. It doesn't it doesn't have it doesn't create any movement or Anything like I, I I've got like a whole 
weird philosophy about how, like how the body is shaped and like contours the body and and the directions of like lines because I did a lot of like you know art when I was a kid so I've got a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, anatomy lessons in my in my background so like I know which way the muscles move and everything right so if I see this huge thing you know in a part of the body that just goes against all flow of the aesthetics of a human body it makes me insane yeah. it makes me nuts it's like you put a decal on on a on the wrong part of the car and it's just like ah why is what is that big ugly thing and that's what he did he put this huge ugly thing on his neck and i get the idea nick i get the idea is he's all in on his family he's putting his neck out for them or whatever and this what if he ever wants to change his gimmick from the american nightmare to something else yeah well that's what i'm that's what he's saying he's 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 jumping off the cliff on it he's just going on uh winona forever Right for those of you who know Johnny Depp history. All right, so that that's that's what he's doing here. I get that. I understand that. It's still stupid. There's so many places you could have put that that would have shown all the time. Like his his dream tattoo in his chest, awesome, perfect Love placement. It. It's over his like his, you know his heart or whatever. That I, skull awesome. flag is like purpose built to be a deltoid shoulder tattoo right there, or a pectoral, or, or put pec. a, it, or or put it on your on the on your back, right? Tramp stamp put it, put you between know? between your shoulder blades, or maybe not tramp stamp it. Don't turn into Lance Archer, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of places that tattoo could have gone. That's literally the worst one. You are the CEO or whatever he is, CFO or whatever, executive whatever vice position. president. He's an EVP of this billion dollar company. And that's your that's you're showing off your decision making process by putting that on your neck. I mean, we spent more time on this damn tattoo than we have on anything else on the show so far, and probably anything else on the show. Because it was just so jarring. Oh no, we got it's some so stuff jarring. to talk about later. We're gonna spend some time on it. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on from the damn tattoo. Yeah. Let's talk about the, well, the American neck bear from now on, guys. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Um, but yes, as you said, MJF does come out of this, the sneaky winner. Uh, gutted the audience, and I loved it because I called it. I did not call it on last week's show, Nick. When we were when we were calling, us, I said no. Have M MJF has more to gain by sneaking out a win on this match than Cody does. Because yep. what do you do with MJF if he loses this match? He now he's got all that heat, and he can run on with it yep. if they decide to, to move on from this feud. So mwah, I love I'll be it. interested to see what they do with Cody now because he can't challenge Jericho for the title anymore mm -hmm. for other reasons. We'll talk about. And do we do we have? I, I I'm wondering if what I was thinking happens is going to happen now. But let's talk about the rest of the show, and then we can talk about like retrospectives of the whole thing and where we yeah. go from here. Agreed. Ugh. Let's talk about this next match because it was the toast of Twitter after this show. I checked. This was the only match that was worldwide trending after the show was over. What this was this next match? Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, Orange Cassidy just made himself a goddamn star. With this match, well, to be clear, Pac and Orange Cassidy made Orange Cassidy a star with this match because Pac definitely put in some work, making him look good. Uh, this was for anyone who's never seen Orange Cassidy's true gimmick. This was a, a glimpse of what this guy can do. Uh, you know, up until now, he's just kind of been there. He's been taking hits. Like he does a, a cool thing every once in a while, like a suicide dive with his hands in his pockets. Sure, but he's never, as they said. He's never really tried. And in this match, he's going to try. Well, try he did. And good Lord, it made me smile ear to ear, Nick, to watch that place come unglued when Orange Cassidy started to actually 
work. Holy crap. This you mean was try. He, he, he was trying. You're damn right. Yeah. you damn right. <laughs> um, and I loved, I loved how Pac was booked in this, too, where he was booked as an absolute killer who was frustrated and had to put up with this, what he considered a joke. And then all of a sudden, it turns out that he's not a joke. The dude can actually wrestle and keeps like, like almost beating Pac numerous times until a whole bunch of interference at the end, and Pac sneaks out the, the, the submission victory. Um, this I thought, oh, great. Pac is protected. Pac still looks good. He can sell for Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is selling his offense the entire match, but also selling that he can mount these comebacks. Uh, fantastic. And a gimmick that would never, ever, ever work in WWE because no one would understand it. And it's Orange Cassidy's gimmick's tough because it's always on that line, Nick, of not working. It would, it's so hard to make this work. You, everyone's got to be involved. Everyone's got to be invested. Everyone's got to pull it off. And it'd be so easy to make it stupid or silly or, or like too ironic. And it's just on that knife edge. And they nailed it here. Even the commentary's in on it. They keep referring to it as freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. You know, mm. almost as if they're cutting a commercial or something like that or a promo spot. It, it's fantastic. So the I, the I nuances, too. Where is yeah. he from? Wherever. How much yeah. does he weigh? Whatever. Just uh, yeah, Justin Justin Roberts calling is uh, announcing him to the ring. He's from <laughs> wherever, wherever. <laughs> weighing in the at rep- something. <laughs> yeah. the, the ref going over to him, you know, before the match. Was, Are you ready? He goes. Eh. <laughs> that was yeah, brilliant. I guess. I guess. So yeah, it, probably the most revelatory performance on the card. I, I loved seeing everyone lose their damn minds on Twitter about this afterwards where everyone was just like, who, what, what? Hey, and you know what? His gimmick's not for everybody. Fine. But if you can watch this and not be entertained, I don't know what to tell you. I yeah. don't know what stop you watch, want. Stop watching life. wrestling or just what? go watch who some hurt more you? long hurt Roman you? Reigns, you know? If, <laughs> right. Go watch a Roman Reigns Corbin match. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, so the interference was the Lucha Brothers coming out and feuding with best friends who were at ringside to help out Orange Cassidy. Uh, interesting. Lucha Brothers versus Best Friends. I still don't know what the hell they're trying to do with Lucha Brothers, but at least Best Friends are getting a good look. I don't know. I don't know what I, to think I, about that. I don't know. I feel like Lucha Brothers might be headed back towards Kenny and Hangman at some point. <sighs> I don't know. I hope so. Because I, I, I feel like guys. they're trying to do Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta as maybe the next ones, or they're going to do a contenders match or something like that with Lucha Brothers uh, to go after to be the next ones to go up. That's what it feels like to me. Is that those one of those two are going to be the and and it's Lucha Brothers and I feel like they'll drop them and then that might be the, you know I thought they were going to drop them to the Young Bucks and the whole thing was going to go nuclear, yeah. uh, but that didn't play out either. So who knows? Oh, I don't know. I like the they lift it up in the air. It's AEW. Like it. anything, anything can happen. Uh, we unfortunately forgot to do pickums for this match because it came in late. But oh well, it was I was entertained by it. So yeah, we all we we all win for this one. Yeah. Uh, last on the show, Jericho versus Moxley for the AEW Championship. In, uh, I like the fact this is you know, considering everything else that was on the card, they did build this match a little bit differently, for better or for worse. I think they had a hard time following a lot of these other matches, but they built this as just a brawl. Just they went out of the ring for most of the match and just brawled. And that's kind of Mox's signature thing, though. If you watched him throughout the G1, that's kind of what he did with everybody. 
Well, and also recently, that's what he did with Minoru Suzuki. They pretty much left the yeah. ring and hey, let's go, let's go beat the crap out of each other outside. Crowd participation, uh, he, you know, you get what you paid for, and you know, sure. you get to slap some wrestlers on the back, their sweaty backs. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. I think that's what they try to do with that. Again, I'm not a wrestler. I don't know, but I would want to go out and mess around with the fans. We see new tack, new uh, championship winners. First thing they do is run into the middle of the crowd and dive into the crowd and things like that. You know, so it's I feel that is like a little bit of a fan service that you're taking it out to them where it's accessible and they can be in the moment with you while you're having that match, that feud. So sure. well, and it's also a good way to get them engaged again. Sure, you know, after the after the. <laughs> After that freaking pack and Orange Cassidy match, like how do you get to these guys engaged in you when you're not going to be doing a, a, a gimmick that that's, that's that fun? Right. Um, but that also came at a cost. Moxley did eat a legit hard, what it looked like a hard way uh, cut above his eye that kept bleeding into his patch. So he kept having to like open the patch and release all of this, like these gouts of blood down his face, which was, I mean, it worked for the match. It probably sucked to wrestle in, but it, it worked for the match. And uh, as expected, tons of interference. Hager comes out. You had Ortiz and Santana ringside. And one of the best moments of the match was freaking referee Aubrey once again stealing a moment and doing a 360 no look whammy get out of here ejection from ringside, which Ortiz sold like he'd been hit in the face with a chair. <laughs> Flying. Oh, my God. That was just the greatest. That was, the, little, that was one of my favorite moments of this match. A little dusty road there. A little spinny spinny. Yep. Oh, I'm out. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome. So they're all they're all kicked out. So it's down to Moxley and Jericho. Sammy Guevara come out of the audience, lays out Moxley with the title belt. Looks like it's gonna go to Jericho after all, but no. Moxley reveals he'd been he'd been playing little possum. He'd pulled one over. He perhaps was not as injured as he'd like you to think. He knew something that you didn't know. He's not left-handed. And he pulls off his uh his patch and reveals that his eye is just fine. And uh, while well, Jericho Jericho had blinded him with his other eye. It was fine all along, Austin. As, <laughs> so he, he gives a nice big uh, DDT. Uh, what does he call it? Paradigm not, shift. Not the, paradigm shift. Right. Not the. I, I kept getting stuck Death on Rider, the, the paradigm Death Rider, shift, Japan, yeah. whatever. He gave him the big goddamn double arm DDT. <laughs> One, two, three. John, John Maxley. Is your new AEW champion? I was shocked. I was shocked. I thought they were going to keep it on Jericho for a lot longer, but that is not how AEW does business. They decided to put it on John Moxley. Nearly a year, nearly a year after John Moxley, as Dean Ambrose left WWE to go seek his fortune in the wide world, and nearly a year later, he is the top, the top guy at the number two company in the U.S., and he is a champion at the number two company in the world over in New Japan. Uh, Johnny Two Belts is looking good. Dude, mad props to that guy for betting on himself and coming up aces. Good Lord. So was Far that are we from standing by flaming trash barrels, taking immunization shots, and wearing gas masks? And bear costumes. And, and, bear and, costumes. and, and, and squeezing mustard onto a, a Money in the Bank briefcase. A long <sighs> way. A long way. A lot more serious. You're having bloody knockdown drag out matches, which instead of instead of uh well, honestly, the lunatic asylum was was a good ending to the match with all the, the thumbtacks. Sure. But his but his feud with Jericho, how different is the feud over here in AEW? It's um night, I mean Mitch the houseplant would is missed. Um uh, you yeah, know, it would be kind of cool if he brought that back unless WWE has also tried to trademark that. 
But how much better than Mitch the, the, the house plant is stabbing people in the eye, four GTs, a little bit of the bubbly getting, you know, getting smashed on Jericho's head. Touche. Touche. And all the rest of the stuff that they've done in this feud. Touche. You know? Uh, this was fantastic. I, I kind of saw this coming a mile away. Every now and then, I get I get one right, and this was like the one that I got right this whole yeah. show. <laughs> uh, this was, you know, there it felt right. It felt like the right time to do it. It felt like the right time to pull the trigger because this sets Jericho on a path of retribution and getting it back, empowers the inner circle, sets them on dastardly deeds and tasks, and they can just go run roughshod now, free of the title and not having to be the centerpiece. I actually really like this for the inner circle and yeah. the highlight that it's going to bring to them. Let well, Mox have a moment to shine with the title. Let's have a face with the championship for a little bit that is super over with the crowd. Uh, let's see how this... We've seen how the Jericho dynamic worked the first six months. Let's see how the face dynamic new. works for the next six, and yeah. then we go forward from there. Give them something new, and not only that, we also had a big announcement during this show that could play into what you just said. Oh. And that is that their next pay-per-view is actually going to be War, war Games. Games. I mean, I mean, I mean blood, uh, blood and Guts. Excuse me, Blood and Guts. It's not War Games. It's Blood and Guts. But it's the same idea. It's two, ca <laughs> two cages, two rings put together. So that means they're going to have to get a couple of big teams. Well, the Inner Circle is obviously a big team already. So Inner Circle versus Moxley, Darby Allen, and I don't know, a couple other guys. I love that Tony and the Khan family are okay with pot shots and jabs at Vince Blood McMahon. and Guts. Oh, that's so, so good. Calling it Blood and Guts is goddamn brilliant. And there are people that hate this kind of, you know, jabbing. <laughs> I just, I find it entertaining. It's in good fun. They're not. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Have a sense of humor. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. What did you think about the show overall, Nick? Uh, did it live up to the hype? Was it worth the 50 bucks? Did you, did, how did you feel after another major AEW pay-per-view like did they build up to it correctly did they pay off like what'd you think um I was 50 50 to be honest well, there were really some, there were some really high spots and there were a couple of things that I had thing but for for a lot of it absolutely now what, I, what I'm saying I'm 50 50 on is I'm looking at the context of was it worth 50 bucks yeah. would I continually do this every three months so in essence, would I be paying? Let's see. Do the math, buddy. Come 50, on. <laughs> yeah. Would I be paying? You know, two hundred bucks a month. bucks. Yeah. Two hundred bucks a month. A year. I'm sorry. Two. Oh. Would I pay two hundred bucks <laughs> a year to watch four or five major AEW pay per views? And I go. Right. I don't know. Right. I, I really don't know. That's still. I'm so spoiled by the network. Um. I don't know, and I don't. I don't fault people for questioning whether or not they. Oh, it's a dilemma. It's a decision. I've been through this. I was. I went through this last summer with Fight for the Fallen, Double or Nothing, all of those. I remember sitting down Memorial Day weekend. You were in Vegas for Double or Nothing, and I was sitting there going, "Am I really going to pay fifty dollars for this untested company's first pay per view?" Like I. Curiosity uh, yeah. factor. That's the thing is uh, with this pay per view, the curiosity factor is gone. Now they have to deliver. Right, and they did a brilliant build to this. That build yes. package, the they had like a, what a, a forty minute long uh, road to revolution, uh, you know, video show that went on after Dynamite last week, and yep. it was it was killer. It was lights out, awesome. I was excited for. I, they had me excited for everything. I was like, oh yeah, fifty bucks. Hey, take my fifty bucks. Looking back in hindsight at, at the at the card and the show, would I pay? Would I have paid fifty bucks for that, knowing what was on it? You know, I I'm leaning just on the side of yes. 
Yeah, that's I would what have. I, that's for, what I meant for, by fifty-fifty when you jumped a little bit earlier. That's exactly okay. I, right. I was. I but was I'm. Like, but I'm saying I'm sixty-forty. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm sixty-forty. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm on the side of yes. I, I'm glad I paid for this. Here's, I would here's continue the big to thing do so if me. they continue to put on something of this quality. Yeah, and and here's the big thing for me post show. Like it is what it is now. We paid for it. We watched it. There it is. Fine. <laughs> they took our money now. Now <laughs> where do we it. go from here? Mockley's the champ. Nyla retained. Uh, Hangman and Kenny retained, and we've got a couple of new feuds that might be firing up. Are you excited for the next four to six weeks of Dynamite at this point? I mean, we were calling out how it was a bit of a. It kind of sucked that that Orange Cassidy and Pack had their match thrown together at the last minute. Yes, they had a couple of run-ins over the last few months, but there was nothing for that match, really, except for the two characters getting thrown together. That was one of the best damn matches on the card. It was. So at this point, at this point, but, you know, conversely, Nyla and Statlander was kind of thrown together, and that was the worst win, worst, the worst match. Um, so it's, I think it's, it, it remains to be seen. They've got plenty of time to build up more feuds, to do some more interesting things. Lord knows they have the talent. Yep. This show that they can pull it off. Uh, do it again. You know, that's pretty much all it comes down to. Can, you did it. Can you do it again? You did all in. Can you do double or nothing? You did double or nothing. Can you do all out? You know, do it again. That's all that they have to do. One Just foot in front of the other, like you're describing. Continue to be on this level or higher. That's all they have to do. And if they do this for three to five years, watch out. Because then yeah. they'll have a lot of talent. They'll have a lot of money. And they'll have a lot of say in, in what they're doing. And if you if you don't if you don't think Ted Turner's over there licking his chops at after seeing this pay per view and what they've been doing on Dynamite, dominating since day one, don't since they ever debuted. put the visual image of Ted Turner licking his chops ever again in my head. Please. <laughs> Ew. So uh, I took the Pickums five four. It was a close eh. one, Nick. It was a close one, Nick. Close yeah. enough. Yeah, close enough, and not, nothing to be ashamed of. Good stuff. Um, but no, Nick, we were talking, you t mentioned the talent over in AEW. Well, I got to say, Nick, between the revival jumping ship, it looks like, and Matt Hardy, definitely jumping ship from WWE, uh, given what we saw last night, I'd say there's a lot, there's a possibility of a lot more people wanting to jump ship after how they were booked over on Monday night raw. Randy Orton is a no-good son of a bitch. Rat bastard. God. Got to say, so I, I led into Raw by saying some people are not being booked well. Randy Orton is not one of them. Randy right. Orton is, uh, he's knocking it about as far out of the park as I've ever seen him knock it. This segment that he had, the main event, the, the last thing we saw in Raw, where Beth Phoenix came out to supposedly tell us how Edge was doing, but got cut off mid-sentence, mid-first sentence, and out came Randy Orton to get in her face and finally give his explanation for why he took out Edge. Uh, that, Nick, I've got to go back and see if Randy Orton has ever been better on the mic than that. I had goosebumps. I'll, I'll save you the time. He has not. At edge of my seat, emotionally invested. Like I was actually getting mad at the crowd for chanting RKO. I was like, guys, shut up. Like let the man the, let the man get this out, and kudos to Beth too for selling it back. Like it's it's harder as an actor to react than it is to act, yeah. and she was doing a great job of reacting and being emotional and believably taking in his words when he said them. Um, and his words essentially were that he had taken out Edge because 
he cared about Edge. He went down their whole history, how he'd come into the business and Edge had been the you know the guy to come up to his dad and you know pay respects and then kind of take Randy under his wing and be there when Randy was at his lowest and uh, you know all the stuff that they had shared. So how much he cared about Edge and then to see him get taken out of his career and come back and he thought of, well, you can't come back because if you do, then you get you miss out on all of the things that you taught me how to respect and have in your life. The family, being there for your kids, being a good father. And uh, if Edge came back, he was risking not having that because he could possibly be in a wheelchair and would not be able to be a good father to his kids anymore. So Randy said, I had to do it, uh, you know, because just to keep him from that. And then he blamed Beth, Beth Phoenix and said she was an enabler, so that mm. he's a junkie, he can't stay away from wrestling, and you don't give a junkie drugs, you don't mix a drink for an alcoholic, and that's what you're doing, so it's your fault. Your typical twisted heel logic, but Nick, by God, he knocked it out of the damn park. It's, it's like you. You know I can't handle the hellfires. You just keep pouring them. You keep uh, putting them in is, my hand, you damn it enabler. Nothing. <laughs> it is nothing like me whatsoever. You should know better by now. When you come into my bar, you're getting it. You walk through that door, it's gonna happen. Um, you, listen, you I, get in the I, ring with Randy Orton, you're gonna get RKO'd. All yes, right, it's a or concertoed or worse, or can, whatever. Uh, I want to. I need to talk about this raw at the beginning a little bit because I, I like the way you write this, but I feel this raw in particular had bookends. Absolutely, and, well, that's why I put. And, I, I reversed the bookends because I had to scream at Randy first. You did. But I actually really th this segment was lights out Randy Orton. Um, yeah. This the bookend of it at the end saved the, all the other stuff we're going to talk about in the middle in a few minutes. <laughs> the ugly gooey center that's that candy that you bite into that's in the Russell Stover's box that's just absolutely disgusting. But the outside chocolate's pretty good that you don't know you can't really see what's in there. Right. Usually it's the other way around. On the front end, though, we opened the show hot, yep. super hot, with yep. Brock Lesnar coming out with Paul Heyman. They do a Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman thing. Drew is not legit. He's being hyped. He's overhyped. He's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. And then Drew comes out, stands toe-to-toe -to -toe As soon as he Brock. calls him a big, stupid bitch. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh. Brock, Brock fakes like he's going to leave and then comes back in and eats a Claymore. By the way, Brock's closing speed is just goddamn terrifying. Can I it say is. that? It is. Like that, the speed of that moment when Brock looked like he was leaving the ring and then was back to the middle of the ring so fast that Drew barely had time to flip backwards and hit him with a Claymore. Both of those guys moved so quickly there. It was, it, it was mwah, loved it. I don't, I don't care then, how big of a man you are. You see a 275-pound monster like Brock Lesnar running at you. At, uh, I'm, ah! And you do a standing one like drop kick? Okay. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, but then, as you were saying, Brock then, you know, Drew leaves, and Brock is humiliated, walking up the ring, fuming, steaming, growling at the crowd. And as he's about to get to the top of the ramp, Drew McIntyre comes out from the back again and blindsides him with another Claymore. Brilliant camera shot, too, because you see him come out of the shadows just from the back. Just, oh, you no, he's coming. I was waiting yep. for that, too. He's just hovering around Brock. <laughs> uh, and then he gives him another one. The crowd chants, give him another one, and he does. And he finally Brock's picks up the title out. and holds it up. Knocks out Brock. So the crowd is hot for that. And, they are, and, and as you said, Nick, it was a great juxtaposition of bookends because you start the show with that, and the crowd is just 
I mean, that, that crowd was lit for the rest of the show. It's Brooklyn, the, too, right? That Brooklyn's right. always going to be a hot crowd. Oh, they're, they were chanting, you deserve it, Brock. They were chanting, you know, Nana, hey, hey, goodbye. They were all they were fired up after this segment. They were loving them some Drew McIntyre. They were loving Brock getting beaten down. Uh, and then at the end of the show, they just eviscerated that crowd because after Randy Orton spills his guts to Beth Phoenix, she slaps him. And he just, he takes a second, looks like he's about to hit her, but he doesn't, takes some breaths, gets in her face, and just very quietly, you can't hear him, even though Mike's right there, you can't hear him, you just see his mouth go, bitch. And she boots him in the gut and eats an RKO! (laughs) RKO's the crap out of Beth Phoenix and walks away. A bunch of people come out from the back to tend to Beth, who has been knocked out. Uh, Including the Edgeheads, Hawkins and Ryder, notice that. Uh, Rey Mysterio was there, R-Truth. Um, uh, uh, Reverend else? Reverend uh, Devon Reverend Devon was there <laughs> to give last rites. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, a very <sighs> dark way to end the show. Um, but as you said, the bookends were one of the best parts of the show. Like yeah. just great finish, great end, a great beginning, great end. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. The rest of the um, show, the only, not so much. Well, the, and the, one thing, the one thing that kind of bothered me about that Randy Orton finish was the crowd chanting for RKO the entire time and then cheering when he hit it on Beth. And I was like, okay, I know the, the WWE crowd could be bloodthirsty, but come on, man. I don't know. I, I should expect it by now. I shouldn't be shocked or surprised or disgusted or whatever, but I was just like, right. come on, guys. I mean, I, I guess it's one of those things where I, I, I question Nick if he's supposed to be a heel – I know the RKO is a great devastating move, but should he bring back the punt or something like that, which is a heel move that people don't cheer for? Because the RKO is just a little too popular, isn't it? I don't know. I think they're trying to... They, it feels like they might be trying to build him up as a face here because the speech that he gave was very facey. Oh, no, no, no. The crowd was even chanting bullshit at him. Like It, it was typical twisted uh, heel logic. Well, I mean, that's the part... The fact that you thought it was facey shows how effective it was. Yeah, well, I mean, it's typical Randy Orton stuff. We never know. Randy Orton is Randy Orton. He's not a heel, he's not a face. How do you think he's a face here? How do you think that... He was, Nick! He was doing the hard thing like any brother would do. What? <laughs> All right, you kayfaved me. God damn it, Nick. Jesus. When, uh. when, when your brother's down in the dumps, you drive him to rehab, and you drop him off yourself. Or you drop him... You do him what needs to be done. You're right. You drop or you give him a concerto. You yes. give him a concerto. You know, it's tough love. <laughs> Instead of him ending his career, you end his career. That's what a good right. brother does. You take right. him out back and you shoot him in the head yourself. I'm going to do it myself like any yeah. honorable brother it's would like do. New, like New Jack City. Am right. I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Blam, blam, blam. <laughs> that's... <laughs> All right. So that's the good stuff. Um, something else that was good, but also completely bizarre was the first match of the show. We had the street profits versus Rollins and Murphy for it as a title shot, a rematch of, of Saudi Arabia. And like what the fifth title match the street profits have had since December. Um, only this time they can never challenge for the titles again. If they lose, which they didn't, they won. Thanks to Kevin Owens coming in and giving Seth a stunner. Uh, and AOP getting kicked out from ringside, all the distractions that came along with that. Street Profits win. This was brilliant. And, I love this the whole exchange. And everyone was freaking out. I had a great time with it. 
Um, and which it happened okay, in about six minutes and 17 seconds. It was a great moment. The crowd was hyped for it. They were hyped for it. Everyone's happy for them. But what the hell is going on? We just had a match that they lost in Saudi Arabia. They get a rematch here. And then we have another match between Rollins and Murphy and the Street Profits on Sunday. What are you doing? What is going on? What is with this booking? Uh, Why? I, it made sense until I heard them announce they had the backstage thing after the match with with Rollins and Murphy. Yeah. And then they said we were gonna we're gonna get our rematch. And then they announced later they they're like, eh, we don't do that anymore in WWE. We don't automatically get no this Sunday at Elimination Chamber, Rollins and Murphy will re get a rematch. <laughs> what? 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 No, that's not how this works anymore. It's still okay, my hope. A real tag team has the tag belts, right, yes. Nick? The Positive. revival also tweeted that out. Uh, Scott Check. Dawson was like, "Yay!" Yes, uh, it's. I still am holding out hopes. I'm on my last hair, which I have a plenty of, but it's my last one. That we're still going to get War Machine and AOP because we saw AOP try to interfere. They were out in their gear. It looks like they wanted to get in there, and when they were announced to have Murphy and Rollins having a rematch at Elimination Chamber, I was like, "No." No, I'm listen. I'm very excited about Seth Rollins and KO. Some kind of no DQ stip we're going to get at WrestleMania. Very yeah, excited said, about he, that. Seth said, "I'm going to crucify Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, you want a match? You got it. You name the place. You name the time. You name the stipulation." <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, in. Cool. Uh, but yeah. I uh, listen. I'm I'm not excited about Street Profits AOP at WrestleMania. I'd be excited about Raiders AOP. At Mania, but I don't know if I'm excited yet about AOP Street Profits because they're taking them belts off of Street Profits. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if they if the Profits lose the belts right away on Sunday. I'm back to be, Murphy and Rollins. I <laughs> then we can rant and rave. I'm gonna get this back is to okay my though. Table. I'm gonna get back to my table flipping ways. I'll put it yeah. that way. Yeah. But this this was bizarre. I was just I was like, what? Why? Uh, cool, but uh, 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 I don't know. Very, and very it was bizarre all booking. downhill from here. The bizarre booking did not stop there. AJ Styles was supposed to have a match with Aleister Black. Apparently, Aleister Black can't read or just doesn't, or is just a dumb WWE babyface. Apparently, didn't read the contract because AJ said, Well, to get to me, you got to go through Carl Anderson. Well, after a tough match, Aleister beats Carl Anderson. And AJ goes, Oh, you also got to get through Luke Gallows. And Luke Gallows beats Alistair Black so badly that the ref has to stop the match, award Alistair the win, and Alistair is barely able to stand, and then he gets to face AJ, who pretty much mops the floor with him. Okay, on the one hand, they protected Alistair by making it look like he went through some serious hell, and that's the only reason he got beaten. Uh, yeah, and but he's it's got another a no ref stoppage in the middle of this. Like we yeah. we we ranted to show about how this badly like badly he was getting beaten, Nick. It was just showing oh. how badly he was getting beaten, you know. But at the same time, on the other side of it, it makes Alistair look like an idiot for not reading the contract, and it's his first loss on the main roster. And yes, it's to AJ Styles, but it's still kind of an ignominious loss. They didn't even point that out. So and it was and the entire time it was more about AJ baiting the Undertaker. He gave a speech about how he's not gonna you know walk away from the Undertaker, even though Mark Wahlberg advised him to. Uh, and he's gonna he's gonna yeah. go right for the Undertaker. Of and all people to give you advice in the middle Marky of promoting Mark knows. a new movie. Hey man, yeah, yeah. the man who's and then dancing the crowd, on Brooklyn his crowd, of course, chimes in with Marky Mark chants. 
brilliant. Of course. Well they done, were feeling the, they were feeling the good vibrations, if you will. Uh, so at the end of this, he even pins Alistair Black with the Undertaker's, you know, cross arm, tongue out pin. So this is this is Alistair Black just a third wheel here? Like, yes, he's got a no DQ know. match with, with he's got a no DQ match with AJ on Sunday, which of course the Undertaker is going to interfere with and give Alistair the victory. So he's going to get his win back. But was this kind? Was this, is this just? Is this kind of an ignominious way to use Alistair Black here? Is this the passing of the torch that we've prophesized no. from Undertaker to Alistair Black <laughs> no. that we kind of wanted? I, I, if, I, if I'm not, Undertaker... I'm not completely out of this yet, man. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptically optimistic that they're going to oh. do some cool shit here because these are three really good dudes that could come up, and I trust in AJ. If we have a moment between Undertaker and Alistair in the middle of the ring where Undertaker gives some sort of acknowledgement to Alistair on Sunday, that could mollify me a bit. That I might, I might, you might calm me down. Right that, now, though, I'm, I'm a thinking. little scared. I'm a little scared for Alistair. Right. The other thing I want to point out is if you follow Alistair on Tumblr, and I can't believe I just said that, but if you follow Alistair on Tumblr... Is it 2003? Actually, <laughs> right. He's got a lot of... Um, Stuff he puts up there where he posts about what his costumes represent. He talks a lot about that. He's got a lot of really interesting posts there about that. So it got me thinking. I should probably keep an eye on what he's wearing when he comes out and not just look at Rowan's shirts. Um, so I looked at what he was wearing. He was wearing a vest. On the back, it was the tarot card for the tarot card for the hanged man. Uh, and a quick Google search later, I came up with... Um, the Hanged Man is the card that suggests ultimate surrender, sacrifice, or being suspended in time. Uh, and uh, another one is, in the general context, the Hanged Man tarot card, tarot card indicates that you are in a situation that you are not happy with. You may be feeling like you are stuck in a rut or trapped in a situation or frame of mind that is not making you happy, but you have the power to release yourself. That's deep AF. Just some food for thought for those of you wondering if uh, Alistair Black is throwing out some clues about his mental state or his character's mental state going into this. So, yeah, just something something to think about there as we go to Sunday and AJ and Alistair have their rematch. Um, another match we had on the show, it was not the scheduled match. Oscar uh, has a legit sprain on her wrist, uh, so she was not able to face Shayna as initially booked. Instead, her tag team mate, Kyrie Sane, got to face Shayna in a rematch of some old NXT title matches. Little more lopsided this time than those yeah. matches as Shayna just dismantled Kyrie Sane, just broke her to pieces, and then threw the corpse at Asuka afterwards. Middle of this match, Becky Lynch comes out, gets her full frickin' entrance, comes out in like a pimp robe with a, with a, with a Burger King hat on. Or it was actually like, it was like, you know, Jerry King Lawler. King hat. She basically she stole Baron Corbin's. No, it was uh, King's crown. Was it King's crown? It was King's right. crown that he has sitting on the table with him. Yeah, okay, she so didn't she come out with it. It was sitting on the com commentary desk. She basically stole Lawler and Corbin's gimmicks and kind of smushed them together and sang, uh, sat at the table. Even though a couple weeks ago she was saying, "If I see Shayna, I'm going to kill her." She didn't kill her. She just sat at the table and cracked jokes. She's being a little match, dickish last night. If I'm being honest, there was a little bit of ego and kind of. Uh, I don't mind the ego. I don't mind the cockiness. It's the goofiness and the lack of intensity that I mind. Yeah. We went from her wanting to kill Shayna for ripping a hole in the back of her neck to her goofing off at the top, of, uh, sitting up with the announcers and talking smack to Shayna from up there. Oh, I'll fight you, but I'm not wearing my wrestling shoes. What, the, what are you doing? 
I don't. That's not the the road you want to be going down. If they're trying to de-escalate this feud now to build it up more later, uh, all right. There's but, three weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, you, come on, man. You got to get this thing rolling. Yeah. We that's, need some physicality, a, real quick. Let's. I mean, let's major let's, de-escalation. Um, I don't think this was a great match to introduce Shayna to the main roster audience. Uh, there's a couple of questionable things here. So, yeah. and the other, and the, the final question I have is. Will Oscar be ready for Sunday? To be determined you know, she, because this was a last-minute thing. Just within the, within the last hour leading up to Raw last night. Yeah, they said uh, no. Yeah, we, I mean, Charlie broke the news on Instagram, and I, I tried to share that back out for everybody. But, yeah, it's – I mean, that was a last-minute call. She must not have Dude. showed up and gotten medically cleared in time because that was a big Throw surprise. a big honking cast on her like Adam Cole and have her still go. Like, yep. she, she's not going to have anything to do after she gets beaten in the Elimination Chamber, so just fine. Well, I mean, I guess she, she's got to defend the tag belts theoretically, but whatever. Um, but ultimately, though, Nick, here's the thing. If she can't work the Elimination Chamber, might that ultimately be better for her? Like, is that kind of a, to protect Asuka? Like, maybe she doesn't have to be sacrificed to Shayna before WrestleMania, and it leaves Asuka out there in the, in the world as, a, as a kind of, it protects her a bit. Is yeah. that maybe a good thing to not have her in, in the Elimination Chamber, at least from Asuka's perspective? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, I, and I don't know if I'll have a position on this. Like, let's see if she wrestles first, if she can perform first. Yeah. But I want to see what happens post at the chamber this Sunday, because it's mostly an overlooked pay per view anyway. Short of last year with the Kofi run, uh, that started at Elimination Chamber, if you remember that, which is yeah. a point that I wanted to make. Uh, by the way, last year for the WWE Championship. We had Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan going at it in Elimination Chamber that led to going through a gauntlet against the New Day that led to him getting an opportunity at WrestleMania for Daniel Bryan's WWE Championship. This sure. year, Roman Reigns walked out and goes, Home next! <laughs> well, that was for the Universal Championship next, so it's a little different. Neither here nor there. Drew, Drew McIntyre had to go through the road. I, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, all, it's rare we get a story like Kofi Kingston. You know what I mean? Like... I have a feeling that's going to be coming somewhere else on the card is, is some sort of long-term build. Have, but, but the point I, mean, I was look getting at, at... Look at Randy. Look at Randy. Okay, I, I see, I see what you're saying. The point I was getting at, it doesn't have to be that way. We've got people like Asuka and Shayna, and we can make them run through gauntlets, and we can build the storyline, and we can build the crowds, and we can make people invest. I Why? thought they had it pretty set with Shayna and Becky. Like, you had them simmering, and then you turned down the heat on the oven. What yep. are you doing? Well, I've been so I've been saying for weeks, and people have been making fun of me that I've, I'm cooling down on Becky Lynch pretty quick, and it's it's still happening. So I'm still nothing's changed for that. I'm still yeah. going to make money for that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, biz- a little bit more bizarre booking there. Uh, let's get to a bright spot, Nick. We had a tag match: Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade Cien Almas and Angel Garza. Yes, he was there kissing your grandmothers. <laughs> uh, my God, these guys brought it again, dude. Jesus. It's too much. Maybe it's too much. I, I mean, I can't handle it. Uh, how good these guys are. It's oh. too much. <laughs> I thought you were saying this. No, I didn't like this match. It it's was too Lucha much. Over, gave us too much. It's Lucha Overload when you put all four of these guys in the ring together, and then you have Andrade eat the pen. Yeah. The, the, like, the, well, your top guy in this, from, in this group. From Carrillo, which is actually considering the fact that now Carrillo and Andrade have a U.S. title match at Elimination Chamber – which is a rematch of their pre-show match at Royal Rumble, but hey. Right. Uh, we hadn't seen that you before. Know, <laughs> that's, that's why it's weird to me. Is like, 
I don't know. It fresh, feels like we're running in circles. He's eating a but bit least, fresh off his 30-day suspension. <laughs> at, least we're, at least we're running in circles and getting fantastic matches out of it. Sure, fair. Fair enough. So, um, that being said, you know what's crazy? is I feel like they never really got out of third gear in no. this match. No. You know? Save like it for they, Mania. They could have they gone to some higher gears here, and that's... That's scary. <laughs> Put him in a fatal four-way for the U.S. Championship in a ladder match. Ladder at match at WrestleMania. By God, my head would explode. Sold. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's the direction they go in after Elimination Chamber. We shall see. Uh, all right, Nick. Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. Riddick Moss, your twenty-four-seven champion, pinned Ricochet clean as a whistle. Pinned him clean as a whistle to retain the 24-7 championship in the longest 24-7 championship match of all time. By the longest reigning 24-7 champion, Riddick Moss. Mm. How panicked should we be for Ricochet at this point that he Very. just lost to Rick, Riddick Moss Very. clean as a whistle? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he did. I don't know who he's got Dude. naked pictures of, but something Ooh, going Cheerios, on with Ricochet in the back. Yeah. <laughs> is it just that Vince is tired of him? Is it is what is the percentage chance this is a, a Ricochet is going on a losing streak and he's going to get some redemption down the road? What's the, what's the percentage chance of that, or is he just back to Loserville? Is he is he is he off to Cedric Alexander, Gimpland? I mean, he won the U.S. title and then it was like. Nothing. He had the North American Championship for a minute, and then nothing. Got a big spot in the Royal Rumble, and, and then he got, got a big. He, he got the tag championships with Alistair Black, and then nothing. Yeah, and then and Royal then Rumble, got, and then nothing. And now you get yeah. I've used you. I've used you up. I don't like the taste of you anymore. Spits him out, and he's done. Uh, I really hope that's not the case. I want to stay skeptically optimistic about this, Nick, but there's a sinking feeling in my stomach that we're only about a month or two away from Shorty Rick. Or, I mean, I was actually going to say, um, you know, we're, he's going to go to SmackDown and team up with Gable, but the problem is, is that you can't have Rick and Shorty in uh, in WWE because AEW's corner of the Rick and Morty market. So, uh, although I, 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 I'm not going to say that, you know, having the Rick and Shorty tag team is beyond them at this point. Why don't you have um, Scotty Too Hottie and Grandmaster Sex A come back out? Yeah, it's just... Uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm I, all I, for getting Riddick Moss over. I love me some Riddick Moss. He looked great in this match. They both did, but... He's fine. Heck? What are you doing to one of the most talented professional wrestlers maybe ever? Like this but guy the, flying around all the over question. the place. He can work, but is he fitting the mold of what a WWE superstar should be? Personality, charisma, all the rest of it, as well as in-ring work. Should he you know be I mean? over there with Leo Rush uh, and Swerve Scott and everybody doing the cruiserweight stuff? Maybe. At this point, I, I, it's too I, late pray, for that, I pray that's where he lands if this continues. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared for Ricochet. I want to stay positive. I want to stay skeptically optimistic, as we say. But this scared the crap out of me when I saw this. Yeah. At least the, the commentary put over a little bit that he was still beat up by Brock Lesnar. At least he did that. And one loss is not the end of the world. 
Well, I played his bumper at the top of the show in memoriam of his (laughs) presence in WWE because uh, they they got a long road ahead if they're going to rehab him. Write him off TV for six weeks after this or something. Give him some kind of Andre the Giant thing to do at Mania and then let him go away and let's figure out the superhero thing ain't working. Do something different. Andy Jessup in the chat just said he's the first 10 people in the arm bar. I'm like, no, don't you speak that evil into existence. Yep. No, Andy. (laughs) No. Uh, we also had the Riot Squad implodes match. Drew, Ruby Riot versus Liv Morgan with Sarah Logan as the special guest referee. What? Okay. <laughs> it was fine. It was, fi- it was fine. And it, Ruby fell into Sarah Logan at one point. Sarah got all butthurt about it and then fast counted Ruby when Liv pinned her. Uh, and then Ruby got mad afterwards. Sarah hit her. Then she hit Liv. And so, yeah, going to Elimination Chamber, we have another little story going on. The Riot Squad all bickering together. So, it's fine. Is this, do you think this is engaging enough to have its own storyline, or will this just die after Elimination Chamber? It's just something to pass time. Let's see. I'm a fan of feuds that that are outside of the orbit of championships. Let's like the Corbin and you're Reigns. a fan of it, but that's so what I'm the saying, Corbin and Reigns WWE. thing, as shitty as it was at times, it had that's, promise, right? It, there Roman were, always has like a, an invisible belt on him, though, Nick. You know that, like it, he can have be in any feud, and we've said it before. He's in the mid card. It's like it's still Roman. He's still the most important thing on the show, right? I, I can I get a word out? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm not. I'm a fan of. <laughs> let's let's have feuds that are happening, blood feuds that aren't circulating around titles. I'm okay with this if it becomes a story. Uh, I I hate that it's put together the way it is. Can we have a legitimate match? By the way, quick aside, dear Cody. Oh no. If you want to do neck tattoos, Ruby Wright is a fantastic example of how to do them properly. <laughs> She's they got, are part of tattoos. a larger piece that encompasses yes. your your breast and your shoulders and the back and your neck all the way around. Not just some kind of stamp stick-on <laughs> thing you got out of a cereal box <laughs> on the side of your neck. Oh, way too big and garish to be out anyway, of a cereal box. Back to the ladies. Uh, I want to. I, I like this for reasons that I. I want to see more with Liv. I like her repackage. I want to see her get more time. I want to see them. Do something with that effort. Fine. Ruby coming back as a heel, turning on the Riot Squad. Okay, you have my attention. Let's see how that plays out. Why did Sarah Logan need to be a part of this? Why does Sarah because Logan she's the other need... member of the Riot Squad. I understand, but why does she need to be in Elimination Chamber? Why do all three of them need to be in Elimination Chamber with Asuka and Shayna Baszler that's ultimately going to determine who can go face Becky at WrestleMania? Like That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. That's where you lose me. That's it. I'm fine with the three of them doing their own thing. I want to have my side stories, but I don't want to have it be based on a story that makes sense, which is the Riot Squad imploding. Sure. What? Okay. I'm confused. they're, They're in a contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship. Right. That has nothing to do with Riot Squad imploding. But they now, but now you know where they all stand. They all have beef with each other. It's not like Sarah Logan has an alliance with Ruby Riot. They've established that they're all... We're spending well, I, way too much goddamn... Apparently she does hard. for Liv Morgan because she fast-counted her for the one, two, three. But then to she hit her Ruby. afterwards to establish uh, that she wasn't. That's true. All right. You know what? Uh, I'm yeah. just going to go with it. All right. Go with it, damn it. Because uh, we got to get on this it. next thing and bitch about this. Eric Rowan 
finally revealed. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> Eric Rowan finally revealed what was in his cage. I don't know whether and to cry sure or enough, laugh. We knew it was going to suck whenever he finally revealed what it was. We didn't know it was going to suck this bad. It's so bad that like this is this is going to go down as I've been maybe not May Young hand status, but this is bad, man. This is worse than May Young giving birth to a fucking no, hand. No, I, it's not. I, that. I, I'm no, sorry, that's I, that f bomb snuck out. I apologize. That's the worst one ever. That's but the, listen, the, the I, I'm not sure if I'm up till now, and, and I want to on the record. I went and looked this up. This started on November 11th. <laughs> It is Does March it, oh, 3rd. Half a year. Half it's, a year. This started on November 11th with him bringing the cage out for the first time. And we've all speculated. The entire time was ask him respectfully what was in the cage. As No Way Jose found out as he turned the corner with his posse, his conga line. <laughs> That's all it's like. Eric Rowan. He's sees Owen there with the cage. Rowan, we've all been wondering what's in the cage. Can you tell us what's in the cage? And Rowan just goes, I've been waiting for someone to just ask me politely this entire time. So I will show you what is in the cage. Hey, hang on. Here I, it is. I, I got to finish my line of thought here because I, I, I've been waiting all day to get this out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This started on November 11th. Yeah. This entire time we've speculated on, was it his old sheep mask? Is it ties to the Wyatt family? Is it, was it going to be Hornswoggle? Was it going to be it, some kind of wild animal? Was, what was right. it going to be? We've been round and round and round about this, and the internet has exploded with all of this speculation, but he pulls that, and, and, and throughout this, yes. we've, seen him, we've seen him stick his hand into the cage, yeah, and bitten. it spurt blood all over his face and get bitten on the hand, Yep. And when he reveals this, it looks like a toy spider that you bought at the Halloween store. I think a it was a Am I supposed to believe that it's a real spider? Or am I supposed to be in on the joke that it's a fake toy spider? Right. Is and it supposed I, to be a fake toy spider? Like, or is it supposed to be a real spider? Or? I'm so conflicted. <laughs> I don't know. It's making me mental. I don't understand what's going on. Like, how toy. hard would it have been for them to actually get a real Goliath bird-eater spider? Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know how rare Therophosa blondie is, but, I, you know, they, they had them for arachnophobia. They exist. You can get your hands on them. Oh. But I, so the fact that it was a very obviously an animatronic, like, little toy spider. Like, and, you know, No Way Jose and the conga line goes running. Ah! They go running. And Eric Rowan turns around this thing in his hand. <laughs> now you know why no one wants it. Oh, my God, Nick. I just, oh. I, I was beside myself because I was just trying to process all of the different facets of this. Like, <laughs> okay, it's a spider that is a toy that has somehow been biting him, but it's a plastic toy and it doesn't right. have real so fangs. So no, it's supposed to be real. The, what the? Ah! Okay, so now what if, what if, what if, what if, okay, I'm going to go on a ledge here and tell oh you how this could be made great. Uh, I'm scared. <laughs> Eric Rowan challenges for the 24-7 championship, throws the spider on Riddick Moss, who gets petrified, lies completely still. The spider is the new 24-7 champion. That would redeem it. Okay. <laughs> The plastic toy Halloween animatronic <laughs> yes, spider is, your is the 24-7 champion. champion. Done. I'm in. <laughs> That's it. That's the only Done. way you can pull it off. 
it's the only way you could save this. Worst re- wor- okay, <laughs> of these two, which is the worst reveal this week? The toy spider or Cody's neck tattoo? Which is worse? Oh, the toy spider, by far and away. Really? Oh, you think? Oh, oh, are you kidding? No, the toy spider will go away. That tattoo is forever. I mean, there's laser treatments and stuff, but... You know. Not for... Dude, that's gonna... That's a thick, heavy, like... There's... Nope. That's yeah. that's there. The toy spider is by far and away the the worst oh. thing ever. If they somehow figure out how to make that toy spider the twenty four seven champion, you will have redeemed yourself. You know, right? But and if, and if I don't have that much faith. Turn his his tattoo into an entire turtleneck neck piece, and then a, a large like arm sleeve. He might be able to redeem that tattoo. Listen, we've all seen Batista. He's covered in tattoos. Somehow he still pulls off Drax. Because they spend four hours painting his ass before. Well, yeah, they paint. The Rock has an entire you know sleeve, and yeah. they can paint him. Yeah, Cody ain't going up painted every day. Sure. And also Batista, even though he's covered in like early two thousands tribal garbage tattoos, still better tattoos than Cody. So that we do is, have that to is, do one positive thing though before we get out of here, and that is Rowan Shirtwatch. Oh God, thank God, <sighs> thank God, the Brothers of Metal. Um. Mm. Even that's not very positive. I'm not a fan of power yeah, metal. Yeah, you're right. That's I, I I like some of it. It's like final yeah. again, final boss, heavy guitar music. Yeah, it's, it's cr- guitar fine. solos for ten minutes. They're fine, yeah. but yeah, 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 yeah. Could even his shirt couldn't save him this week, Nick. Well, what we are going to do to transition out of that horseshit that was <gasps> the spider reveal is we're going to go over and do our moment of positivity. Yes, cleanse me, Mop. Cleanse Sorry, Ian me. Dangerous. What was your moment of positivity ah. between AEW Revolution and Monday Night Raw? Cleanse my soul after that horrible stuff on Raw. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I uh, Orange Cassidy. Just that wow. Orange Cassidy map match. Just I was ear to ear. I was ear to ear, dude, with a smile on my face for that match. I, I, my face hurt. I was grinning so hard. And then afterwards to see how much it blew up on Twitter. People who don't watch wrestling were, were, were retweeting gifts of that match and going, this guy is my spirit animal, right? Like I saw people analyze it in the 80s. Hulk Hogan was a representation of the, the spirit of the U.S. and the Americana and, and, you know, rah, rah, rah. In the 90s, Stone Cold was anti-corporate, anti-boss, like, you know, rebellion. Yeah, rah, rah, rah. And now in the... 2020, Orange Cassie just is tired and wants to go home. It's all represents us. It's just, it's that right he, there. It's gonna, a mirror. He, he's it's like try. a mirror. It's, yeah, it's like a mirror. So for me, yeah, the Orange Cassidy match and the aftermath was absolutely my moment of positivity. God, that made me happy. Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of people look down on it as the thing that was executed, but I have to say that the promo cut by Randy Orton last night on Monday Night Raw might be mm. one of the best I've ever seen. We've had a lot of great promos lately, too, man. Nick Aldis is out there killing the game. Cody's killing the game. MJF, Jericho. Like, there's a lot of people. Not not Moxley. His promo at the end of... of <laughs> his promo at the end of Revolution left something to be desired. This is my moment of positivity here. Please. In WWE, I can't... Specifically, I can't remember ever seeing a promo that I was just sitting there mouth agape going, genuinely. Recency bias much? What's that? 
I said, I think that's recency bias. This, I, I'm sure we could go and find a bunch of other fantastic recent promos. I know Seth's given a bunch of great ones. Drew's given a bunch of great ones just recently. However, however, I will absolutely agree with you that this may be one of the best ones Randy Orton has ever given. I'll go with you on that. I just like, I I I went back and watched it again. I watched the RKO several times. He's he hella protected Beth. Oh yeah. Um, with the RKO, she sold it like death. Mm-hmm. She took it like a champ. She sold uh, his promo like 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 we said. Like this whole was, yeah. segment, I never saw this coming to, and that might have played into this a little bit. I never saw this the tale that he wove. Oh, okay. As yes. as being the thing that. Was going. I thought he was just going to come out and give Beth a concerto, and Edge was going to run out to save her, and that was going to be Edge right. is back, you know. And yeah. crowd, Brooklyn was going to lose their shit. That place would have erupted if Altered Bridge had fired up. Um, but I, I never expected that twisting of the tail from Randy Orton, and the way that he spun it, the way that he did it, just God Almighty, that is oh, that's was that written? Was that scripted? Did is that just Randy? It was so natural. It flowed out so seamlessly. Who knows? That's how good it was. Um, you know, that was, the rumor that was easily is that, my mop. That, yeah, the rumor that is that Heyman's allowing them to, to kind of do their own thing a little bit more, and whether that was bullet points that he just you know strung together or not, it. I got chills. I got yeah. chills when he was saying it. Like I was invested. So I, and it, I, it just kept going and going and going. Yeah, and I was just like yeah. My it just God, kept flowing. Randy. What? What thespian are you? <laughs> Good lord! Don't we don't say that often about Randy Orton? We do, no he doesn't shit. often get to stretch his theatrical wings. As it boy, were. did he! Boy, did he! Well, thank you very much, sir Ian Dangerous, and thank you guys. But, uh, no, oh well, no, wait, we're not wait, done what? yet. We've oh, got God. just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. All right. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Matt Hardy's contract has expired, and he has openly said he's open to going anywhere. And JPW, Ring of Honor, AEW, who knows? Who knows where the man's going to land? But we could find out as soon as tomorrow because tomorrow is the first Dynamite after Revolution. They've been saying the Exalted One is near. And I'll I'll tell you right now, if the Exalted One comes out and it's not Matt Hardy, that's a wide world out there. It better be somebody good. (laughs) Right, with all this buildup? Yeah, definitely. It better not Uh, be QT Marshall or some shit like that, right? Eating an apple. The right. world would implode Michael on AEW. Nakazawa. R- yeah. Exactly. No, not, oh, don't God. make it Nakazawa. No. Uh, WWE. He comes out and just oils himself up. And oh. I am the exalted one. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. That's a very WWE thing. It's not going to be <laughs> Nakazawa. Yeah, that would that would definitely that would that would hamstring a lot of goodwill for towards AEW. Yeah. Uh, WWE pulled Leo Rush. From WXW 16 karat gold at the last minute. What a shock. WWE screwing up people's uh, schedules yep. to try to undercut indie shows. They never do that. Luckily, Jeff Cobb exists, and he came along and he filled Leo's spot almost immediately. So good guy Jeff Cobb does it again. Um, also, Alex Shelley was supposed to be on that show, and he dropped out for an entirely different reason. Uh, Alex Shelley actually is a his regular job is as a caretaker. And uh, he actually, his, some of his patients are immunocompromised. And due to the fact that he'd have to travel to Germany and all the travel that would happen, he's worried that he would, uh, even if he doesn't get sick, sick, he could be a vector. So he doesn't want to put the people mm. that he works for at risk. 
Um, so he apologized. He had a, a nice apology that the WXW retweeted. Um, uh, he said, as much as I want to finally wrestle in a legendary venue against someone awesome, I have to do what's right by my ethical compass. So good guy, Alex Shelley, uh, unfortunately had to drop out of WXW. Uh, the Dark Side of the Ring by Vice is coming back for season two. They're starting with a two-hour Benoit episode. So the first episode is going to be all about everything that went down with Chris Benoit. Oof. Oh, boy. Oh if boy. that wasn't enough reason to start watching it, guess who's the narrator for season two? All of season two, apparently. Chris Jericho is going to be narrating Dark Side of the Ring season two. Where is that guy not? Where is Chris Jericho not? Good Make Lord. that money. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching the crap out of those. Yeah. The first season was great. Uh, WWE forgot to include Michelle McCool in their uh, online, their website gallery of the top 45 women to ever hold a title in WWE and NXT, and she was kind of pissed about it. Took to the internet to vent her uh, her grudge and say, "What? Come on, man! No love for me. I know I'm the Undertaker's wife, but that's not why I'm saying this. Uh, I was in Lay Cool, remember? And WWE has since <laughs> amended." their top 45 women to 50, including her and Bull Nakano. Uh, and uh, they said, look, we updated it. And Undertaker's account, we don't know if this was her tweeting from Undertaker's account or it was actually Undertaker. He tweeted out, too little, too late. Well, yikes. Uh, this is what happens when you forget about Mrs. Undertaker and something. Good yeah. Lord. Uh, WWE... Wants to get into Japan. We've talked about this before. They want to get over there into Japan and, and get some inroads there. Uh, they have been working with AJPW, All Japan, trying to perhaps buy them out entirely or work with them. We know that Jun Akiyama, who works at All Japan, is coming over in May to guest train at the Performance Center and that all of Japan wrestling is bracing for if WWE tries to invade their territory and what that's going to do to Japanese wrestling mm. if it messes up uh, all of their circuits the way that it screwed up the UK when they went in there with NXT UK and kind of massacred the indie scene over there. So uh, more as that develops. AEW has an interesting wellness policy. It doesn't have one, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay. according, to Meltzer, according to Meltzer, they do not even have a wellness policy. They have in their contracts. They can drug test you whenever they want, but there's nothing beyond that. So it's but what uh, qualifies kind of as a drug, as a bannable what, substance. Exactly. Uh, I guess it's just something there in case Teddy Hart ever joins them and they just have to have an excuse to have an out. Uh, Conan. He just puts you in a match with The Undertaker. <laughs> oh, no, that's Teddy Long. Wait, no. That's Teddy Long. You said Teddy Hart. I think he's said Teddy Long. Sorry. Never mind. Teddy, uh, yeah, notorious bad boy, Teddy Hart. Get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Conan had some interesting... Conan had some interesting thoughts on the relationship between AEW and AAA. Uh, you remember how AEW and AAA formed a bit of a, a bond, and right now, currently, Kenny Omega is the uh, mega campeon, and uh, the Lucha Brothers are the tag team champions in AAA. Well, there's a reason that AAA guys haven't really been coming over to AEW. They haven't had anywhere to use them. They've been on the grind, the weekly grind, and that's kind of been making it harder for them to include guys. Apparently, they were very high on uh, de Vikingo and Laredo Kid. But uh, never, never materialized because they were just AEW's just gotten too busy. They still have a good relationship, obviously uh, going the other direction. They still want to work with them in the other direction. But it might be a while before they're able to really start integrating some of the AAA guys into some of their stories because of just the grind of the road. Uh, 
So interesting thoughts by Conan, who's currently booking down there in AAA. Nice. Uh, let's see. Eric from the Viking Raiders missed some live shows after uh, Saudi Arabia. He came back and got sick. So we no word on what sickness it is, but uh, hopefully he's drinking those Coronas just like you, Nick. Yep. So get well soon, Eric. Hopefully something serious. Uh, Gail Kim, Amy Dumas, a.k.a. Lita, and Christy Hemi want $400,000 on Kickstarter to uh, start a, to make a woman's wrestling TV show uh, that they're calling it so far, they're calling it kayfabe. Uh, okay. it's a, yeah, it's a, they're describing it as 50% story and 50% in-ring action. It is an edgy, racy, cinematic television series about a female-led professional wrestling startup. This show is a dramatization and collection of female stories inspired by real events. And yes, this is still at its core, a wrestling show with world-class in-ring action. Uh, let's see. We address the 800-pound elephant in the room. And in the current landscape of the world, abuse of power, manipulation, injury, addiction, inequality, and the euphoric high of pursuing your life's passion that clouds every damn decision. So, interesting. Interesting. The, the, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling 2020 edition? Maybe mixed with like a real life, like, like kind of a Lucha Underground presentation without all the fantasy. I, sure. I'm kind of intrigued by what they're, what they're saying here. You know what I mean? Where it's, it's half glow, but then it's half scripted television yeah or i'm sorry half half like supposed to be off the cuff it's it's produced right? it's like post-produced pro, yeah. it's uh it's put out there as a sitcom of sorts right sure glow with like actual wrestling matches and, and yeah. we go through the season so more like yeah so interesting interesting curious to see where they're going with that yeah. if you want to support them you can head over and uh look up kayfabe productions llc on uh, kickstarter finally nick tonight on backstage the next inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame will be announced. Ooh. So what time does it that, come on? Uh, what is that? 10, 10 Central? Eastern? Yeah, something like that. All right. Something around then. <laughs> I don't have that in my notes, damn it. Yeah. I don't uh, know if I even have FS1. Backstage. Please put that on something besides friggin' FS1. For God's I'm sakes. Sick. Yeah. You get it on the Fox app, I think. Yeah. But anyway, that is the news, Nick. Well, thank you very much, Surrey and Dangerous, and thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. Special shout-out to our YouTube chat for us on the live stream here. If you guys are not listening to this, if you're listening to this in your ear holes uh, tomorrow, or on Wednesday, I should say, you're missing out. You should come join us on the live stream every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. It gets lively in here. Lots of good stuff. We love interacting you mm. guys while we're making the show. Hopefully those of you uh, that are listening to it on the audio-only podcast, that comes through how much fun and how much we love engaging with you guys. But yeah. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you jingle that bell. Make sure you set it to all because there's some issues with YouTube notifications, by the way. That's crazy, isn't it? And yeah. thank you to everyone in the chat who, who joined up with us, with us today. It keeps growing, getting bigger, and you guys yeah. are awesome, yes. and it's fun to look over and see everything that everyone's saying there. So thank you guys very much for hanging out with us during the show. It's a lot of fun. Yes, make sure you slam that like button, too, if you had a good time today, and uh, if you're watching this later on, you can find links to everything I'm about to say below in the description uh, underneath the video here, but come over and join us on Facebook. Uh, it's the, kind of the hub of our operation, all of our news and memes and good times, as well as a link 
to our Discord community where we have the live real-time chats that are going on all throughout the week across every show and pay-per-view event that happens, as well as some lifestyle stuff. Like if you just want to rap about music and movies and you know general lifestyle stuff, we've got that for you as well. In addition to archives of all of our past pay-per-views where you can go back and li- watch all the chats, if you're going back and watching old pay-per-views, you can certainly go back and read through the comments as they happen. That's fun. I find myself doing that. Uh, frequently from time to time. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. As I said, streaming here at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Please make sure you subscribe. We're up to the 700 mark, guys. Inching ever closer to that magic 1,000 subscriber mark that we need to get to. Please and thank you. Please continue to spread the word for us. We love you for it. Uh, last but certainly not least, a big shout-out to the phenomenal ones, our patrons. You guys are the the, the, the the grease that keeps this wheel going. Thank you very much for all your support. I'm glad you ended that with the, with the wheel because I was worried you were going to say grease that keeps something else going. I was just going to get weird where's, and where's, it's awkward. Where's and- your head? Michael Nakazawa still. I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, help it. oh, okay. You are the Michael Nakazawa of the Busted Wide Open podcast. The baby oil that yep. that keeps Michael Nakazawa slick, keeping us oiled up. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> Get where I'm going. All right then. Patreon.com/slash/bwo is where you find all of your exclusive rewards. And if you want to support the show, it is the best way to do so. Thank you guys to everybody that is is contributing every single month. Uh, you can get access to the show notes for every single episode. You can get copy or uh, the ability to ask listener questions for our exclusive patron mailbag episode that we do uh, every single Saturday after our main show. Everybody's welcome to listen, but you got to be a patron to get your questions in every single week at just the $5 tier. Bonus episodes at the $10 tier. Skype calls with Nick and Surrey and Dangerous all the way up. Hell, you can even be an exec producer and the Woo. nature boy, Ric Flair himself. Woo! For, for, for a mere measly sum. Mm. And all kinds of rewards, all kinds of stuff happening, and it's only going to grow over time as we go into almost year four here, Sir Good Ian Lord. Dangerous. Good God almighty, there's a lot going on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.